Last time on Licensed to Parent. It's your job to teach your children how to have emotional success. It is your job to teach your children how to have relationship success. There are things they must be equipped with in order to succeed and even know how to make money. Your job is to teach them how to make money, how to stay out of debt, and how to become investors. Your job is to teach them how to solve problems. That's Danny Johnson, a successful entrepreneur and international speaker, coach, media host, and best-selling author. But she hasn't always been so successful. Her rags-to-riches story is one she feels can be duplicated if you know what to do. And that's what we started to talk about last time and what we're going to dig into more this time on the program. When it comes to parenting... The same needs to be true. If you missed the first part of our conversation with Danny, by the way, you'll find it on our website at licensedtoparent.org. And now today, part two of our conversation with Danny Johnson about grooming the next generation for success. Well, Danny, for those who didn't catch the first program, in 30 seconds, can you share a little bit about your background and uh, how you've come to, to a place in your life that uh, has positioned and or inspired you to write a book about the subject of grooming the next generation for success? Absolutely. I grew up in a violently abusive, drug-infested home, sexually abused from the time I was three until I was 16, moved out of the house because I was done with it. I hated my childhood. I hated my life. I was suicidal. First time I tried to commit suicide, I was six years old. Um, and this went, went on well into my 20s. Uh, pregnant at 17, out of wedlock, homeless at 21, abandoned by my first husband, uh, druggy, slept around with a lot of people, totally hated myself and tried to destroy myself. Started a business from the trunk of my car in a payphone booth 28 years ago. My first year made a quarter of a million dollars. By the end of my second year, I made my first million. This is all from hearing the voice of the living God who rescued me out of a complete pit and guided me to start that business and get myself out of all the debt and the financial ruin that I was in. Today, I'm a mother of five, grandmother of eight, uh, and a company owner. I've owned many businesses throughout my last uh, 27 years, and 100% of the profits go straight to building homes for the extreme poor, feeding 60,000 orphans every single month, providing water. I take no salary from my business and I do not touch the, the profits from my business at all. Wow. wow. Well, parents, if you didn't catch anything else in that, I hope you caught the power of God and, and how God can redeem and uh, restore. You, you've endured a lot yet you say that it's important for our kids to endure trials. I don't think you want them to endure those kind of trials. Why is it so important for our kids to endure some kind of trials, though? You know, when I look back on my childhood and, and how tragic it was, you know, my mom breaking her neck when I was 11 and now be becoming the caretaker of the home, all the drugs, you know, cocaine and weed every day, there was nothing but a cloud of smoke from, from weed. Um, I wouldn't change how I was raised, to be honest with you, because I had to learn how to survive. I had to learn how to heal, how to forgive. And so I think a lot of parents, me included, uh, and I had to walk through this myself, of you know being afraid of anything bad ever happening to my kids or being afraid of them making a mistake or being afraid that they would go in a direction that wasn't going to be helpful and conducive to their life and their fulfillment and satisfaction or their walk with God. And I have to tell you, when you read the Bible cover to cover, you see trauma and tragedy all over it. And there's not a mm -hmm. single functional home 
in the Bible. Not a single functional family in the Bible. Like cover to cover, you're not going to find one perfect family, perfect parent, perfect anything. And so honestly, I did not shield my children um, from those kinds of things. But what it gave us and, and which was so important was the leverage to teach them how to manage their own hearts concerning the hurts that might happen from other people, uh, teach them how to forgive, to teach them how to navigate tragedy and traumatic things that families go through, um, and how to think about those things and decisions that they'll make, and to keep their hearts away from judgment, to keep their hearts away from bitterness and resentment, and the cost and the price of bitterness and resentment, and how it takes you to a life of financial failure, marriage failure, parenting failure, if you're somebody that practices harboring grudges and bitterness and resentment. And so I think it's really important for us parents, especially Christian parents, to get out of the clouds, to stop striving for this perfect family image that it does not exist. Quit mm-hmm. trying to be the perfect mother, the perfect father with the perfect children because you're driving yourself crazy and you're driving your kids crazy and you're driving your spouse crazy and everything. Everyone knows you're not perfect. (laughs) And when the facade finally fails, the collapse can be much worse than if you had just lived in reality in the first place. It's not, it's not, the, no, no, no. It is much worse if you live in that facade. There's yeah. no trust built. There's no intimacy yeah. built. There's no solid conversations that are developed. There's no emotional stability when you are not living true to who you are as what? A human being who has fallen far from the grace of the living God. Yeah, and you're setting yourself <laughs> up for nothing beyond letdown. I mean, you're, you're going to get let down. Well, Not let, only that, but Rich and Trace, I got to tell you this. This is really important. What I have personally watched is parents live that facade, and what they've done is they've taught their children to be liars. They've taught mm. their children to be dishonorable and to live a facade and to live a double life. And, and then they get shocked when they find out that that's how their kid is living. But the reality is, mom and dad, look in the mirror. That's are exactly you living right. true to who you are in all of your failures? Are yeah. you being honest with your emotions? I tell parents to, to tell their kids all the time, listen, this is my first go around. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm doing a good job. In fact, I'm terrified. I'm going to mess you up. So please <laughs> I, forgive me. I'm serious. I tell parents to tell their kids that let's get level here and let's tell the truth and just say, but unfortunately, I'm the one God chose to be your parent. We're going to navigate this whole thing together. And I'm going to fail you from time to time, just as you perhaps might even fail yourself. And I know I'm going to fail myself, but together we're going to work this stuff out. One thing I tell our parents, because uh, they come in with all kinds of guilt, you know, they, most of them are raised in Christian homes and their kids are, you know, yeah. one foot in jail, one foot in the grave. And I've said it on the program a lot. I'll say it again. The only perfect parent that ever existed was God the Father. That's right. And look what his first two kids did. Right? Uh, look so. what all of his children did. Yeah, okay, that's actually the last page in the book, Grooming the Next Generation for Success, um, because we give all these biblical strategies that work and they help the parents to feel better about who they are and to feel better about their kids' future and so that they know that they're being diligent with helping to train their kids up for the success that their kid is called to. Um, but the very last page of that book is, hey, af- after all of this that you just read, here's the bottom line. There's only one perfect one, just as you just said, only one 
perfect parent, God the Father, and look at his children. They've That's all exactly been rebellious right. since the beginning of time. So quit <laughs> having the expectation that your children are not going to walk through the natural human uh, journey of rebelliousness, insubordination, and the list goes on. And that doesn't mean we just back off and let you know things no. happen. No, we still have to do our job. But yes, and, and we I'd, have to do our job. And I'd like us to, to do at least this part of our job. We're talking about the book Grooming the Next Generation for Success. And, of course, what we're about to discuss is laid out in, in much more detail in the book. But let's see if we can at least launch into some of these specific strategies. What are some specifics that parents can start with today to make the necessary changes in, in guiding the next generation? Okay, let's start with the heart. Let's talk, let's talk about uh, teaching the children from the time they are able to understand. I'm talking nine months old, a year old, two years old, on how to forgive and to own their own feelings and own their own failures. Teaching personal responsibility literally to toddlers. I teach this of my own grandchildren, and my youngest grandchild is almost two years old. And so what does that look like? Okay, so to me, the way I saw it, and again, I, I was a businesswoman and I brought what I learned in business that helped me to go from a failure to a successful multimillionaire. I used all of those same people skills and understanding and uh, problem solving amongst people. I brought that into the home. And so when I when my kids would squabble, and again, there's five, right? So someone's going to have a bad day. <laughs> like yeah. There's going to be some <laughs> kind of war that might break out when you've got that many kids in the home and, different, and so many different personalities. Uh, so anyway, so teaching them how to navigate their own hearts and to own their own mistakes. What does that mean? So, okay. So Cabe and Roman, okay. They're two brothers. They're three years apart, uh, and very like powerful personalities. These two sons of ours. And so, okay. Roman would come and say, Cabe did this to me, right? He just punched me. So the first thing that I would say is we're going to hold court. All right, Cabe, come here. Roman, come here. And now, Roman, I want you to tell me what you did. But Cabe, I'm so sorry. I didn't ask you to tell me what Cabe did. Cabe will have his chance to tell me what he did. I would like to know what you did. Yes. And they would have to own whether they provoked they did it first, gave a certain look, whatever it was, they have to own their part. And then, of course, let the other one confess. I, and, and again, Kate would start off with, but Roman, no, don't tell me what Roman did. I want to hear what you did. So giving them the opportunity to own their action that resulted in a fight, an argument, a squabble or whatever. And then as they're sitting there with each other to also use the power of forgiveness that their hearts, that if they were going to become successful, and I told this to them over and over again, in order for you to succeed in marriage, your heart has to be clean of bitterness and unforgiveness. Mm. If, in order mm. to succeed as a parent, your heart has to be clean right. of bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness. If you want to succeed in business one day, if you're going to own a company one day, you cannot be like 98% of the population that practices bitterness and resentment. You must learn how to have a clean heart and it starts right here. So Roman, yep. what do you say to your brother Cabe? I'm sorry, please forgive me for not honoring you. Cabe, what do you say in response to that? 
I forgive you. And Cape, what should you say to your brother? I'm sorry. Please forgive me for not honoring you. And then there was a hug. Uh, and then they were off playing again. I Good worked stuff. so hard for my kids to have clean hearts. And still yeah. to this day, they own their own stuff. They confess what they've done wrong. Still this day, as men and married men, they forgive and forgive fully. Well, they got a chance to practice it as kids. Uh, it, it, it'll grow into a habit as adults. Yeah, and, and what happens, though, for the parents listening now who are, are past the five- and seven-year-old stage and they're up into the late teens? Same thing. Um, what, what, I was about to say, what you're describing works at any age, but how, yep. how might you introduce that? Differently, or would you do it the same way? I absolutely. In fact, even as they are all in their twenties now, that if one of them is having a myth with the other, they don't agree with the decision they've made. I just had this conversation with one of my adult married daughters. I said, "Listen, uh, bottom line, whether or not you agree, this is not a home of judgment. We are not a family of judgment. We are a family of acceptance and honor and love and forgiveness. So you've got a choice." To do what you know is right, and that is to forgive freely because one day you're going to screw up too, and you're yeah. going to want to receive that forgiveness. So that's one way that I introduce it. But here's another. The bottom line is I've always set it up and positioned their future success in marriage, their future success as a parent, their future financial success all comes down to unforgiveness or Forgiveness. So if they're going to forgive, mm. they will succeed. If they walk with unforgiveness, they're going to fail in business. They're going to fail financially. They're going to fail in their marriage. They're going to fail as a parent. Yeah, you're, you're taking God's role. I mean, vengeance is mine. I will repay. There's a saying, too, that you know, bitterness is like drinking poison, hoping your enemy will die. Uh, it's it's a, you know, just kind of spinning your wheels. Um, but, Trace, but it's bigger than that, though, Trace. I have to tell you. I mean, I'm a business consultant, and I'm going to mm -hmm. tell you right now that when people, which is majority of the clients that I've seen ever in my 30 years of doing what I've done, most people carry bitterness and resentment, and it fosters, yeah, into, it fosters into judgment, and that judgment mm -hmm. causes them not to hire the right people or to fire the wrong ones. Mm -hmm. It causes them to limit their opportunities in the marketplace, even to hate their own boss, which means that they now are going to lose an income because they've got the wrong attitude, and it has nothing to do with the boss. Yeah. It has everything to do with resentment from their past. Yeah, yeah. like drinking poison, open and he will die. Well, it's, but, it's nice to to hear, though, also, you, you added in the we're a family that honors each other when you were describing, the, you know, the relationship building and the, and the forgiveness. I think about that in business. Um, you know, if I've made an agreement with somebody, regardless of how they handle their part of it, I've still agreed to do my part of it. And I need to honor and see that through. And that helps me to be a business person of integrity and not someone who flies in the wind just based yeah. on what the other person's doing. Because God's so. still overlooking everything. I mean, yeah. he, those, we, those are great lessons. If we perform before an audience of one, okay, we, we should be in good shape. And we all know who that one is. We're talking today with Danny Johnson. She's author of the book, Grooming the Next Generation for Success. If you'd like to find a copy of that book or find out more about Danny and her uh, speaking engagements and the many things that she's doing to help the poor, you can find out more on her website, which is dannyjohnson.com. We're going to take a quick break and be back to wrap up today's program on License to Parent right after this. Remember back in the late 80s and early 90s as the Internet hit the scene? 
You know, the information superhighway? We had great hopes that this new knowledge economy would make our teens more aware, diversify their tastes, and improve their verbal skills. But the enlightenment didn't happen. Technology has had the opposite effect. What once promised great hope for the future is now used to indulge in diversions. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, subtitled How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future, or Don't Trust Anyone Under 30, presents a portrait of the young American mind at this critical juncture, revealing the true cost of the digital age and our last chance to fix it. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherd's Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed to parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to HelpMyTroubledTeen.org. HelpMyTroubledTeen.org. This is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Learn more about our work with troubled teens when you visit LicensedToParent.org. We're talking with author and speaker and quite successful businesswoman, Danny Johnson, about her book, Grooming the Next Generation for Success, and some specific steps to get there. Trace? Uh, the Bible is pretty clear about the sin of idolatry. and. Oh. Uh, the Old Testament is rife with entire nations being destroyed because of it, including Israel. What are some of the ways that we and our kids can effectively become idolaters without knowing it? So easy. I write about this in Grooming the Next Generation. I write about this in Spirit Driven Success. We, the nation of America, is by far the most idolatrous nation on the planet today. I've traveled the world, and people might say, what about India? Nope. India just is out front with their idolatry. They're out front with it. Yeah, the right. Christians are living a lie about idolatry. They are completely idolatrous. We idolize famous pastors. We hang on every one of their words. We never question any of their words. We do not test their words. We, we pay more attention and pay homage to celebrities. We mm -hmm. worship the ground off of those who are in sports. Uh, we teach our kids idolatry with Spider-Man, for example, everything being about Spider-Man. And the kid is constantly talking about Spider-Man this and Spider-Man that. I want a Spider-Man cup. I want a Spider-Man lunchbox. I want Spider-Man right. pajamas. I want Spider-Man everything. 
Right. And, and what is that? That's straight up idolatry. And so yeah, well. I, I, re- I, my children were not, they did not have any superhero, anything inside of their, uh, of their rooms, any of that stuff. And then when they would go with other friends, there were Christian homes. And my son came home one time talking about SpongeBob, SpongeBob and singing the song and wanted those colors in his room and SpongeBob, SpongeBob. And I literally sat him down and I said, Hey, I want you to pay attention to the messaging of Mr. SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. And I want you to just pray about this, Cabe. It was my son, Cabe. I said, he is setting an example. And the question I have for you is, is it the example of the kind of life, the kind of character that you feel you want to live? And so just to test your heart, be willing to catch yourself every time you bring up SpongeBob's name. Every time that song goes through your head, because you know that you're an honorable young man who desires to do right before your God, and idolatry slips in very, very sneakily, and all of a sudden, we've got something crowding our head more than we have the word or the voice of the living God going through our head. And he did. Wow. He, 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 was, he goes, I'll put it down for a week. I'll pay attention for one week. And sure enough, then he was like, he was done with it. Well, you know, I, I think you and I would exercise measures to protect our kids from idols, away from things like pornography and, and others, that our neighbors, our extended family, uh, and incredibly most of the church would find ridiculous, uh, maybe even neurotic. Uh, can you share uh, some of the other family policies that help secure a greater measure of success in this area? Because uh, folks like you and me can be accused very easily of being uh, overly protective in some of these areas. And so uh, uh, how do you respond to the uh, the criticism that we can sometimes get like that? Uh, it's not only the criticism that we could get, but it's also the criticism that our children could get. And so it's all sure. about positioning. It's all about positioning and how we have positioned it to our kids. And so I based everything on the 98% of the population who ends up dead or dead broke at the age of 65, dependent on their family, friends, and federal government for their main source of income, and 2% of the population who will be financially independent. Jesus, Yeshua, talked a lot about the many and the few. And even in today, today, Day. I was actually speaking at one of our seminars recently, and I said, hashtag be weird. We were the weird family, and it seemed to have worked really, really well. And my <laughs> kids loved the fact that they were set apart. And I would tell yeah. them, I said, for example, if one of my kids would come home and say, hey, how come we don't have a we? And I said, you know what? Uh, that's a great question. And understand that 98% of the population buys those video games. of the population does not. So if you want to have time playing a video game, once in a while you go over to your friend Evan's house and you can play that video (laughs) game. We're going to choose to take our money and invest it into places that are better for your secured financial future versus spending it on things that is just stuff that wastes time and is too easy to spend too much money and too much time in instead of other things that are more helpful and beneficial for the future. Amen. Preach it, sister. I'm uh, I got a, I got a quick follow up though, and, and this uh, Trace's previous question prompted this. Um, not everybody in the extended family is necessarily going to be in the same camp with you. So how no. do we head off? Um, uh, I mean, now, now in your case, you're you're now a matriarch in your family. You're you're helping to raise your grandkids in the right way in this regard. But but a lot of times, you know, the parents may say, okay, this is how we're going to do it moving forward. 
But then their parents may go, oh, no, no, no. And then they are spoiling the grandkids or letting the grandkids do other things or when they go off to visit the cousins. How do you rein all that in? Yes. Well, okay. You you ready for this? Let's try this. That my mother tried to get my kids to smoke weed, and so did my mother-in-law. So we, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. People okay? don't think that happens. No, but it, it does. does. It, it absolutely does. does. And I hope yeah. there's grandparents listening right now. You actually are hurting your children, and you're hurting your sure. grandchildren by not honoring the 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 your children's ways of raising their children. You are. Completely Completely mm-hmm. dishonoring them, and you're teaching their your grandkids how to dishonor their parents, yep, which comes right. with a curse. And so Absolutely. be careful. So back to the answer. Of course, we were the weird family. We were clearly weird. And so I would I would say to my kids um, that hey, you're going into a different environment right now. This environment does not have the same values that we have. They don't have the same way of thinking that we have. And it's not to say that we are better or they are better. It's just different. And so no matter what environment we're walking in, it's important that we honor our values, that we honor the things that we've set up for you to do because we are training you up to succeed in life. Not everyone has that same objective and not everyone cares about that objective. So even though grandma is going to let you have a lot of sugar, this is where you can choose to exercise self-control, or you can go ahead and eat it all and deal with the belly ache later. The choice is yours. Yeah. Trace and Danny, I, uh, I I am getting a note from the Timex watch company telling me that we are running way out of time. Uh, clearly, we are meandering all over your your vast story, Danny, and it is fascinating. And you've given us some some good information, but not nearly all of it. So uh, tell us how people can find your book, Grooming the Next Generation for Success, Proven Strategies for Raising the Next Generation of Leaders, and uh, and also how they can find out more about the uh, the various uh, types of outreach that you're doing uh, with your various companies in the foundation. DannyJohnson.com. That's D-A-N-I. DannyJohnson.com. The book, Grooming the Next Generation for Success, can be found on that website. If you, you might have a son or a daughter that is suicidally depressed and you don't know, just like Adeline Bart was also had a son, 13 years old, 50 pounds overweight, doing drugs, had been expelled from school. She had no idea the kind of trouble that he was in until it seemed like it was too late. Well, Sam Bart's whole life has been completely transformed because he and his mother got a hold of the tools, grooming the next generation for success. Today, he's a very successful young man. Never been in debt, making investments. Bottom line is I could tell you stories for hours and hours, even the stories of a mother of 15 children who obviously was going crazy. She's birthed all these kids herself, has used grooming the next generation to keep peace in the house, even amongst 15 children. So it doesn't (laughs) matter if you got one or two or 20 grooming the next generation is for you. And it doesn't matter if you have none because you probably need to re-raise yourself like I had to Mm. and get off the path of failure that 98% of the population is on and join our father in heaven with the many versus the few. Be the few that's going to have the success and be a light on a hill for all the world to see. 
Amen. I, I mean, I don't <laughs> think people even know what success is and sadder yet. I, I think a lot of them uh, really don't believe that the success is even that important. You know, hope, hopefully they'll glean something from this program. Yeah, we certainly want to turn this around. And again, uh, Danny's website, Danny, spelled D-A-N-I, DannyJohnson.com. And Danny, thanks so much for being with us today. We really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you so much for your time. God bless you guys. What a great work that you're doing. I love it. Thank you. Thanks. And this is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered therapeutic residential program helping teens in crisis and their families. You can learn more about our ministry and even help the work we do with teens by visiting us at LicensedToParent.org and then clicking on the Donate tab. Remember, all donations are tax-deductible and can do so much to provide for a family that can't otherwise afford residential care for their teen. You can also listen to other conversations we've had on a wide range of parenting topics and subscribe to our blog when you visit LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your Licensed to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.